This is a Cross of Grace Lutheran Church Sermon Podcast. On Sunday, May 24th, we gathered virtually to worship on the seventh Sunday in the season of Easter. Pastor Aaron preached from the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verses 1 through 11. Jesus, raising his eyes in prayer, said, Father, it's time. Display the bright splendor of your Son, so the Son may in turn show your bright splendor. You put him in charge of everything human, so that he might give real and eternal life to all in his charge. And this is real and eternal life, that they know you, the one and only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. I glorified you on earth by completing, down to the last detail, what you assigned me to do. And now, Father, glorify me with your very own splendor, the very splendor I had in your presence before there was a world. I spelled out your character in detail to the men and women you gave me. They were yours in the first place. Then you gave them to me, and they have done what you said. They now know beyond the shadow of a doubt that everything you gave me is firsthand from you. For the message you gave me, I gave them. And they took it and were convinced that I came from you. They believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the God-rejected world, but for those you gave me, for they are yours by right. Everything mine is yours. And yours, mine, and my life is on display in them. For I'm no longer going to be visible in the world. But they'll continue in the world while I return to you. Holy Father, guard them as they pursue this life that you conferred as a gift through me. So that they can be one heart and mind as we are one heart and mind. Gospel of the Lord. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ, and the Holy Spirit who unites us in faith. What was Jesus doing? might sound like a basic elementary question, but it's one of the most important questions Jesus' followers can ask. What exactly was Jesus doing? What are we following Jesus into? In today's gospel, Jesus tells us exactly what he's doing. He was giving real and eternal life to all in his charge. And since in the sentence immediately preceding, Jesus claimed that he had charge of everyone, that means he was giving real and eternal life to everyone. Jesus has given us real and eternal life. That's great news. But it's great news in the same way it's great news to hear someone tell us, you've won a prize. Our initial excitement and dopamine rush give way to a second important question. What prize? What exactly did I win? The same way, what exactly is real and eternal life that we've been given? Jesus answers simply, real and eternal life is that you know the one and only true God in Jesus Christ, the one sent by you. You see, to know God is to enjoy real and eternal life. 
the entirety of Jesus' earthly purpose was to help us to know God. Every insight about the kingdom of heaven, every overturned temple marketplace table, every parable about seeds and lost things, every physical healing, every social norm broken, every jug of water turned to wine. Every prayer to the Father, every endured lash and drop of blood, every promise of forgiveness, everything Jesus said and did was a reflection of the true nature and identity of the divine. So what was Jesus doing? He was showing us that the world is in the hands of a God who is actively, competently, and compassionately caring for all creation. I've studied the works of Dallas Willard, who's a well-known philosopher and theologian. And I once encountered a claim of his that, to be frank, I found offensive. He claims this, that the world is a perfectly safe place for us to be. And if we place ourselves in God's care, no harm can come to us. Maybe that suggestion rubs you the wrong way also. I mean, let's face it, it's not even safe for us to gather in our church building. The world is a perfectly safe place for us to be. Well, Dallas follows this provocative phrase with some important nuance. He differentiates harm from hurt. Clarifying that Christ's followers are not immune to the pain and suffering that exists in this world. However, this pain and suffering are not from God. They will do nothing to negate God's promise of eternal grace, love, hope, and peace. This is simply a reinforcement of the scriptural promise of Romans 3, Romans 8, 39, that there is nothing in the world that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. You see, Jesus believed that the world was a perfectly safe place for him. He had faith that he lived in God's care. He had faith that he was never in harm's way. Pain and suffering, yes, he felt that in abundance as he navigated the landmines of human sin, greed, fear, and lust for power. Yet through it all, he was able to see that God was in control. He believed that he was loved. He was filled, so filled with God's grace that he had no choice but to share it with others. Jesus' earthly purpose was to help us know God. And we can know God by looking to and emulating our teacher, Jesus. We can live the same life that Jesus lived. We can have the same faith that Jesus had. We can have Jesus' assurance and Jesus' love. So to bring this all together, I think a sermon illustration is in order. And I need to offer up a word of caution here. I was taught uh, in preaching classes to be careful when you use sermon illustrations because they can easily take over the sermon and be the only thing that people end up remembering. So I'm about to show you something, and I don't want this to be the only thing you remember about my message this morning. I hope that you will remember both 
the illustration as well as the larger point about how we can look to Jesus to know about God and to trust that the world is a perfectly safe place for us to be. All right. So here is our new puppy, Obi. Say hi. Obi is two months old and has been a part of our family for two days. And in the weeks leading up to getting Obi, uh, Lindsay and I have been reading a dog training book about positive reinforcement. And we came across a few sentences that struck me as just profoundly beautiful theological insights. So here's a few of them. Now, the first, the author says, the bottom line is that a dog is a living, breathing creation of God that desires love and security. And then she says, a well-trained dog that is truly connected to his owner will feel happy and safe and have more success in our human world. She also says, good leaders don't have to act like bullies to command respect, not in the human world or in the dog pack. Pet dogs don't need to be bullied to become your loyal follower. Pet dogs love to follow leaders who provide food, shelter, and safety. Leaders they see as benevolent and fair. So by virtue of nothing other than his being a creation of God, Obi here deserves to feel happy, safe, and successful. And the way that he'll feel happy, safe, and successful is if his human family meets his needs and acts and treats him benevolently, fairly. If he feels loved and safe, then we will have done our job as dog parents. Everything we do in our training regiment is an attempt to reinforce the idea for Obi that his world is a perfectly safe place for him to be. We can't promise Obi that his life will be free from pain. At some points, he'll experience hurt. We can promise him that we will do everything we can to make him feel loved and safe. So my friends, I invite you into a meditative exercise. If it helps, you can close your eyes. And I want you to think of yourselves gazing upon your master, the way hopefully Obi will learn to look at me. Gaze upon your master who promises that you are loved and safe. This master provides your food shelter, and safety. This master is benevolent and fair. You feel happy, safe, and successful in the presence of your master. Your mistakes are not met with painful punishment at the hands of your master, but instead are met with a gentle reorientation to the correct path. Your hard work and faithfulness do nothing to gain your master's favor because you are already highly favored. Your hard work and faithfulness are simply the automatic responses to your master's loving actions and words. That's a good lie. And Jesus insists 
that the good life for you and I is to know the master, the one and only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one sent by God. The world is a perfectly safe place for us to be because we're in the hands of a God who is actively, competently, and compassionately caring for us. So please allow that image of God's goodness to take hold of your heart as it did for Jesus. And you will be given the gift of real and eternal life. Amen.